Has this series blessed anybody? Yeah. It's blessed me. And next week, we're starting a brand new series called Kingdom Vibes Only. Now, this is going to be lit. This whole series is going to be live. Like, I have a whole chant. When I come in the room, you can go ahead and cut the intro music because we're about to get turned up real quick. Y'all cool with that? When I come in, I'm going to ask y'all, and y'all can't say it weak because we got people watching online. I'm going to ask you what you own, and you're going to say, I'm on my kingdom vibes only. Kingdom, kingdom vibes only. Kingdom vibes only. Kingdom, kingdom vibes only. All right? Can we try it? I'm going to just say, what you own? I'm on my kingdom vibes only. Kingdom, kingdom vibes only. All right? Let's try it. What you own? I'm on my kingdom vibes Terrible. I'm on my whack vibes only. I'm on my whack, whack. No. I need you to, like, represent the kingdom. Like, you about to go to war? That you understand that you're a kingdom woman? That you're a kingdom man? I need you to say kingdom vibes only. Kingdom, kingdom vibes only. Can y'all try it? Can y'all try it? Now, don't leave me hanging. What you on? I'm on my kingdom vibes only. Kingdom, kingdom vibes only. Yeah. Y'all got to keep going with it. I was feeling that. Y'all feeling that online? All I needed is somebody would hit an A. That's all I need. Can I get you what you on? I'm on my. Again. Yeah. Hope y'all ready. <laughs> Next week, we're starting the Kingdom Vibes only, all right? But tonight, we are concluding our discernment series, and I'm going to get messy. I may sweat out my clothes, but this series has blessed my life. And like I say each and every week, if it does not bless the preacher, I have no business preaching it. And thank you for all of the volunteers. We have a special treat for you right after service. We always serve food, but for the volunteers, we have a bunt cake for you to just say thank you. All right? So let's, let's go ahead and get to the text. There's so much beating on my heart. I'm not going to be before you long. Jeremiah chapter 18 Jeremiah chapter 18, we're going to launch our reading at verse 1. If you do not have a tangible Bible, we'll have it projected for you on the screen. And of course, everybody online, you can follow along with us in the lower thirds. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1. When you're there, would you shout at your boy as loud as you can? I'm here. I'm here. It says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter so he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord, look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Our claws of concern and our verse of importance for the finale of this series. This aircraft has finally landed. We've heard the ding. We are at the terminal. We are unfastening our seatbelts and we are exiting the aircraft of this discernment series. But before we go, the verse 
of importance. And the verse that is going to serve as the backdrop for our preaching presentation on tonight is verse 2. When the text tells us to arise and go down. Can I get somebody to say arise? arise. One more time. Shout it like you're speaking over yourself. Say arise. Arise, arise and go down to the potter's house. Arise and go down. Arise and go down. A lot of us think when I came to Christ, I thought things were going to arise, but it seems as though things are going down. See, the word arise means to elevate, which is why I'm so excited that we're about to go on this brand new series, Kingdom Vibes Only, because in the kingdom, it works a little bit different. In the kingdom, before God can ever elevate you, there's some stuff in you that first has to go down. Before I can ever elevate you and take you to another realm, there's some things in you and some stuff around you that has to go down. Because in the kingdom, promotion flies at a low altitude. Preach, Holy Ghost. Promotion flies at a low altitude. So if you're humble, then I will exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, then you will be humbled. That's a whole word in itself. Because in other words, if you're humble, you'll never have to get humbled. Don't have time to bother that. In the kingdom, everything works a little bit different. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. In the kingdom of God, everything operates in reverse. In culture, if they curse you out, and if they come at you some type of way, you're going to curse them out and come at them some type of way and get your neck start popping and grabbing air like this if they come at you some type of way. That's how culture does it. But in the kingdom we bless those who hate us we bless those that that curse us it's different in the kingdom I know somebody may be thinking I thought when I got saved things in my life were going to elevate I thought if I binge this sermon series some things were going to elevate I thought if I started to seek your face things were going to begin to elevate but what do you do church family when you think you heard God tell you arise And everything in your life seems to be going down. Am I talking to somebody? Everything in your life seems to be going down. Your comfort is going down. Your opportunities are going down. People that you thought were loyal, they're going down too. Your friends list, it's going down. Your resources, it's going down. Your reach, that's going down. Your opportunities and open doors are going down. And your company is going down so much so to now you begin to mislabel the season of going to the potter's house as a season of loneliness. Did y'all hear what I just said? The season that God has cosmically created for your life and for my life, for him to mold you, the season where God is trying to amplify your discernment, the season where God is striving to train your ear, the season when the Holy Spirit is trying to train you how to wisely respond versus emotionally react. Y'all not talking to me. This is the season of molding. And training. And many times we end up labeling that particular season a season 
of loneliness. Can I talk to somebody on the night? Before God ever next levels you, he separates you. Stop calling it loneliness. You're not alone. You've been separated. Now listen, God separates us for three reasons. Number one, anytime God separates you, it's because I want to give you the tools necessary for your destiny. That's the first reason I've separated you. You're not alone, boo-boo. You've been separated. The second reason that God separates you is because I want you to clearly know my voice. And you're surrounded by too many voices to where you can't hear my voice from the coach's voice to your friend's voice to your bae's voice to your mama's voice. I'm going to keep on going so y'all get it. I need you to know my voice. So I'm going to put you in a season where I can train you and teach you how to know my voice. Because where I'm taking you, you're going to have to know when I say stop. And for where I'm taking you, you're going to have to know when I say move. Because when I say move, you need to move just like that. I need you to know me so much so that when I say even though it's hard, this is not where you give up. I need you to know my voice. You're not alone. You've been separated. And the third reason that God separates us, which is my personal favorite, he separates us to make us unrecognizable to the people who only knew us by our wound. Talk Holy Ghost. There's some people, they only know you by your divorce. I'm going to make you unrecognizable. There's some people only know you by you used to be a stripper. Come in this season, I'm going to make you unrecognizable. There's some people who only know you by your issue and your trauma and your drama and your pain and your heartache and your sob story. But I'm going to do something so massive in your life where you're going to have to reintroduce yourself. Somebody say, I'm not alone. I've been separated. I've been separated. And this is what God, I believe, has been telling us for the last few weeks in the sermon series. This is part 14. For the last few months, I believe God has been telling us exactly what we see him telling Jeremiah. I need you to come down. I need you to come down to the potter's house. There's some stuff in your life I want to mold. There's some stuff in your life I want to build. Would you come down to the potter's house so that I can give you your identity back? You lost it in that breakup. You, you lost it in high school. But I need you to come back in and come down to the potter's house where I could mold you because the person that you have become, that is your survival tactics, but that is not the personality that I have cosmically created for you to be. Arise and come down to the potter's house. Arise and come down to the potter's house. Week after week, I believe the Holy Spirit has been telling us, Arise, come down to the potter's house where I can heal you. Every spiritual physician I have been sending you, you arrest as a possible offender. And I need you to come down where I can heal you. I can't fix it if you're acting like it didn't hurt. I can't fix it as long as you're saying I'm good and I'm straight and I'm Gucci and I'm not even tripping over that. There's a part of you I have to take off because that's not who you are. There's a part of your mind you start to have neurological pathways due to what a man told you or a woman told you versus what the word of God told you. I need to take those parts out. So would you arise and come down to the potter's house? Would you arise and come down to the potter's house. I'm trying to mold you. And I'm trying to give you your voice back. 
you lost your voice, blinded by people pleasing, because you cared more about man's approval than heaven's endorsement. Come down to the potter's house. I'm going to restore unto you your roar. I'm trying to mold you. I'm trying to build you. And if you look, this is a messy process. And I might get some of my clothes. And I might get some of my face. And that's okay. Because I want this to be a visual aid for you that our father doesn't mind mess. Our father doesn't mind dirt. It might get dirty. It might get ugly. There might be a lot of things on you that you're ashamed of. But the potter's saying, I'm not afraid of your dirt. I'm not afraid of your filth. I'm not afraid of your flaws. I called you knowing everything that was in you. So, so would, you, would you come down to the, to the potter's house? It's going to be a place where I wash you. It's going to be a place where I purge you. Some people not going to like you. Some people going to talk about you. And that's okay. Are you cool with them being in bondage and giving you advice? Are you being free and walking out of my wisdom? Somebody say, come down to the potter's house. Now listen, here's this disclaimer. This message on tonight is for those who have come to an end of themselves. This message is for you. This message on tonight is for those who are tired of doing life your way. And you've come to this place where I want to do life the king's way. I'm tired of living in recovery and the residue of what happened. I understand I'm going to feel pain, but if I got to experience pain, at least let it be due to purpose, not due to foolishness. I'm tired. This message on tonight... Is for you. This message, this finale of this discernment series, this message on tonight is for anybody who is tired of being tricked, tired of being played. Y'all not talking to me. Tired of being deceived because some people have been benefiting from your discernment deficiency. But due to this series, the season of taking advantage of me has expired. Yeah. You, ma'am. You, ma'am, and you, sir, can no longer use my heart as your practice field while you find yourself. That season is over. Somebody say it's over. This message on tonight is for you. This message on tonight is for anybody who has made up their mind and they are determined to disrupt the genetic imprints that have attempted to be branded on your family, that have attempted to be branded on your bloodline. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar and the cycle stops with you. I don't know why I feel like preaching on tonight, y'all. The cycle stops with you. I have oil on my life to change the generational narrative. I feel power on that. Can I get somebody online to put that in all caps and everybody in the house? Can I get you to say, I have oil? No, you got to say it like you believe you have authorization. You got to say it like you believe you breaking something. You got to say it like you believe you're the one that's going to shift the trajectory of your bloodline. Can I get everybody to say, I have oil? on my life to change the generational narrative in Jesus name yeah it won't be transferred 
to my children and my unborn children, like how my mama transferred it to me. We talking on the night, it won't be transferred the way that my father transferred it on to my sister and how his grandparent transferred it on to him. No, by the power of the gospel, it won't be transferred, but I'm going to be transformed. We will be the ancestors who leave a legacy of healing and wholeness versus the ancestors who keep on having the cycle of a wounded child. For we can't become what we must be if we continue to remain who we are. This message is for you. This message on tonight, about to get in trouble, is for anybody who understands that isolating myself is not a good coping mechanism. I will no longer hide myself into emotional numbness. Because even though you hide it, feelings buried alive don't die. Feelings buried alive don't die. And I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to show somebody that what you call your personality is really survival tactics. You're trying to survive, but you weren't made to survive. You weren't made to, th you were made to thrive. Please hear me. Bare minimum feels like royal treatment when you have a pattern of settling. Yeah. Woo! Did y'all hear me? I got to keep going. I'm trying to get through all of this. This message on tonight is for anybody who understands and values obedience. Because obedience opens doors that you never have to knock on. And can I tell y'all something I've learned in my life painfully? Disobedience always comes with company. See how we didn't really get an amen on that part, right? Just like obedience opens doors, disobedience causes delays. And disobedience, please hear me. I feel like I'm speaking prophetically to somebody who has plans for a few weeks or tonight. I need you to understand disobedience comes with company. It comes with the company of guilt. It comes with the company of shame. This is why it's hard to lift our hands up because of the chains of what we did last night. Disobedience comes with company. Now, I understand one of the reasons we don't sin is so that you don't have to deal with the voice of the company of disobedience. Okay, thank you for the golf clap and keep going. This message on tonight is for anybody who's made up their mind, I'm going to stop quitting when it gets hard. When it gets difficult, I'm going to preach out my clothes tonight. When it gets difficult and I don't like it, that does not mean give up. That does not mean walk away. We learn this, endure, and the Hebrew is hupomino. It means to stay put. I'm going to stay put on the potter's wheel when it's uncomfortable. I'm going to stay put on the, fa on the father's wheel when they're talking about me. I'm going to stay put on the potter's wheel even when I'm losing friends. How about this one? I'm going to stay put on the potter's wheel even when I'm having withdrawals. We're going to deal with that in cuffing season 2.0 in October. What do you do when you miss them or miss it? Withdrawals, that's the heart's way of raging when a pattern has changed. But this doesn't mean something is wrong with you. It is just toxicity leaving the body. Ooh, 
I feel this on the night. We having a power outage and everything. Preach, Holy Ghost. I know people online mad. What are you talking about? What happened? I'm going to keep on going. <laughs> this message on the night is to encourage you not to give up when it gets hard. And do not let the spirit of fear cause you to overthink. Okay? What if I fail? What if it didn't work? What if nobody watched my podcast? Nobody, what if nobody listens to my audiobook? What if nobody subscribes to my YouTube channel? What if, what if, what if, what if? I wonder, have we allowed limited obedience to plague our life because of our mental scripts? Huh. <laughs> I can't even obey. So whenever God gives you an instruction, this is how we sound. Okay, um, let me get back to you on it. Let me go overthink and I'm going to get back to you on it. <laughs> Whenever we allow the spirit of fear, can y'all hear me on the night? The spirit of fear will always impregnate you with procrastination. And procrastination will always cause for you to give birth to no results. This is good, y'all. So sometimes, if we're not careful, we will allow our mental scripts to cause our past disappointments to become our current profits. Yeah. Say it one more time. If we're not careful, we will let our past disappointments become our current profits. So before you ever do a thing, you have to see the prophetic word of your past disappointment first. This message on tonight is for you. This message on tonight is for anybody who has recognized that your life is rigged in favor. Can you hear me? Your life is rigged in favor. The reason it doesn't feel like it is because we're not surrendered clay. <laughs> rigged. Meaning, it's already given to you. You're not fighting for victory. You fight from victory. Your life is rigged in favor. The reason it doesn't feel like it is because we're not surrendered dirt. We're not surrendered clay. This message is for anybody who says, I'm done. And Father, I'm done with doing things my way. Take my life. Here's my will. Here's my desires. Here's my heart. Here's my mind. Here's everything I have. No more complaining. No more regrets. No more fighting you. No more giving you lip when you give me an instruction. God, I'm done with that. And I believe God from heaven, when we get to that place, he looks down upon us and smiles and says, now you're talking my language. Now, you're speaking my language. Can I get somebody to say, now, now. you're speaking my language. Yeah, now you're speaking my language. When you have learned to trust me, even when you can't trace me. Oh, now you're speaking my language. Now you're speaking my language when you trust my pace, even when you don't like my speed. And in your flesh, you want to put your foot on the gas and say, God, can we hurry up and accelerate through this? I don't like this. But the Holy Spirit begins to respond to you and say, listen, if you quit on the process, you forfeit the wisdom. Now, you speak in my language. When giving God your yes, 
has required for something in your life to end. Can I get somebody to say that part, though? <laughs> when speaking to God regularly and seeking his face, when doing the Father's will, when giving him your yes causes something in your life to end, but instead of you feeling like God is punishing you, your perspective is, if I can lose something that I never imagined losing, surely God can give me something that I never imagined having. I'm going to trust the process even when it's get hard. Somebody say, now, now you're speaking my language. When we get to the place, when we recognize that God, your way is the best way. Now God can transition you from the dirt phase to the clay phase. So powerful, y'all. See, the sad reality is some people never shift from dirt to clay. As I began studying this, I recognized for us to make clay is simple. All we need is some dirt. You and I, God created us from what? Dirt. Some people never experience the next part to make clay, water. So good. Jesus is referred to as the living water. Jesus is referred to as a living water. I know you have dirt, but when you accept me, now the living water comes with that dirt. And then, y'all better help me on the night. And then for me to transition you to the clay, I have to now stir the mud. This is why every time you come to church, something is stirring up in your spirit. There's conviction stirring up. There's ooh, we main stirring up. There's ooh, my edges stirring up. Everything is starting to stir up because God is starting to stir up your gift. He's starting to stir up a work. And then sometimes when you make clay, you got to step back and let it simmer for a second. So that certain things can begin to separate. And then guess what? God comes back and he starts to stir it up again. And he stirs it up again. And then you put the clay in the cloth and let it hang so that whatever needs to drip out can come out. And you can't let it sit out too long because then it'll harden. This is why it's dangerous for us to stay out of the will of God too long. Because some stuff on the inside of you will start to get hard. Have you ever started to get comfortable in your sin? And when you hear truth, your heart is hard towards it? I know y'all holy, but I'm talking about me. (laughs) Like, Like your heart starts to get hard to things that used to be numb. Things that used to cause you to feel moved. Now you feel numb. And that's when the clay face, when God begins to mold and God begins to build when God begins to shape you know what our problem is y'all for most of us we're trying to be the potter (laughs) I know my gift I know my assignment I know my purpose I'm 35 years old I'm 42 years old I got a dope idea (laughs) I'm gonna be married by 29 I got my plan, and so the enemy will send you somebody by 28. Because just because it's what you're molding doesn't mean it's what the potter has forecasted for your life. And you're like, I know how to do my own thing. I know how to make my own thing. I know how to mold. But when you come to the Lord, he begins to show you that's not what I wanted for your life. I know it's dirty. I know it's ugly. But I'm not afraid of ugliness. 
I'm not afraid of your dirt. And, and here is how it gets problematic. A lot of us don't know how to trust the clay face because we want the pot face. If I didn't eat it, I'd throw it. <laughs> we don't know how to trust the clay face because we want the pot face. But here's the thing. You praying for God to send you blessings, but you in the clay face. And in the clay face, everything will fall off you. If you trust the process and you get to the pot phase, now you can catch stuff. Are y'all seeing this? So I, I'm not worried about your mess. This is the season where I'm washing and I'm working. I'm washing and I'm working because there's something that I need for you to become. And the potter doesn't mind getting dirty. When Jesus was given the Last Supper, he took a cloth and he wrapped it around himself and he wiped all the disciples' feet. God gave me a revelation of that. He said, this is what it was like. I took off my divinity, wrapped it in humanity and divinity, and I'm taking on the dirt of my disciples. And I'm not afraid to take on the dirt because if I didn't take on the dirt, they'll be seen eternally dirty. But I'm taking on that dirt so you can see I'm taking on your filth. It's no longer on you. So whenever you come before the throne of grace, all God sees is the blood. Somebody say, now you're speaking my language. I'm going to give you Bible. Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. It says, but now... Oh, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. And I, is that what your Bible says? And I, and I, and my ideas, my way, you are the potter. You're our potter. And we all are the work of your hands. Isaiah 45, verse 9, give you more Bible. It says, what sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with this maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it? Somebody say, ouch. Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it. God, you didn't give me the gift like them. God, I can't sing like them. God, I'm not as tall as them. God, I didn't get the opportunities like them. Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim how clumsy you are? And I believe on the night we need to pray, God, would you forgive us for trying to be our own potter? Would you forgive us for us telling you our plans of what we want and not considering that you already have known our end from the beginning? It's not about us, God. It's about your plan. It's about your will. It's about your desire. It's about your kingdom agenda. Would you help us get to the place where we forfeit our hand? And submit to the potter's hand. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer would just shout amen. amen. I said shout amen. amen. For the finale of this discernment series and having a power outage in the message.
You're going to constantly see this. I don't know. I know the power's out, so if you can't put the um, image on the screen, it's cool. I'm going to break it down before you're good. We got it. All right. So the peers chart, I believe your wholeness is tied to your discerning ability. Okay? Do you understand? Your wholeness is tied to how well you can discern. So peers is an acronym. It stands for your physical self, your intellectual self, your emotional self, your recreational self, and your spiritual self. Okay? This is what Jerry lives by. This is the whole self. Can I get everybody to say whole? whole. Your physical self, that's temple care. Working out, how you eat, that's just your physical self. Okay? Your intellectual self, that's reading, podcasts, documentaries, things that make you intellectual, okay? That's your intellectual self. Now, your emotional self, your feelings, when something hurts you, talking to a therapist or talking to a pastor, that's your emotional self. Some of us, the reason your emotional self is so out of balance is because you need a nap. <laughs> For real. It's not deep. You're not getting enough sleep. You're not you when you're tired. It's practical, but it's true. The reason you are so angry is because you're not getting enough sleep. Can play 2K all night long, but can't read a whole scripture. Don't amen too hard, because you can watch Netflix all night, but then fall asleep when I tell you just read one chapter. Now look, because my emotional self is not being treated, it bleeds over into my spiritual self. So when I try to do spiritual things, I get sleepy. Okay, so you have your emotional self, then you have your recreational self. I was counseling uh, this couple, this was as soon as the pandemic popped off, and she was talking about how she fasts and she prays and she serves and she does all this stuff, but she just feels like, you know, her life is just blah. And I asked her, I said, man, you know, <laughs> I know this may sound weird, but you, you like read the Bible more than me. <laughs> you do. I read three chapters in the morning, three chapters at night. She's talking about she read all day, every day, and fast. I'm like, girl, you holy. <laughs> you holy. <laughs> you want to give me some? I need to sit down. <laughs> and she just was beginning to explain how she just felt like there was no substance to her life. And I said, just, I just want to know, what do you do for fun? What's your recreation? Well, every Saturday I go to the church, and I know I don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. I know that sounds bad, but <laughs> what is your recreation? Because you can have fun and not sin, right? Culture makes us think fun is only sin. You can have fun and not sin. I said, what is, what is your recreation? He says, well, I don't know. I, that's, I never thought about it. I said, you never thought about, are you having fun? And then she got deep. No, I just think it's my reasonable service, just to, just to worship. And I said, that's great, but I know Jesus laughed. <laughs> like, we're made in his image and his likeness. So the type of emotions I have, Jesus had too. The way they portrayed Jesus, I don't think Jesus was like that all the time. Peace be unto you. <laughs> I don't think Jesus was like that. I think he probably had the disciples confused because sometimes he may be like, hey, Peter, cook me some fish, splashing water on them. And then the next moment, like, why are you talking to this woman? Uh, did you get something to eat? I have food that you know not of. I don't know what to do with him. 
Are you hungry or not? You want KFC? You want some tacos? You want a burrito? I don't know. What's up? <laughs> and I said, there is, there is a part of your whole self that is not being treated. Your spiritual self is what I like to call your love-a-thon with Jesus. It's your love-a-thon with him. Somebody said, whoo. <laughs> Plagiarize it. It's your love-a-thon with Jesus, your devotion, your prayer time. But now watch this. Whatever area of your peers is in a drought is where the enemy sends a counterfeit. So if, if your recreational self is in a drought, he'll send you someone who likes to have fun. And you're like, man, they just know me. It just ever since they came my life, my life is so much better. And I, I can't even articulate the joy I have. And I'm so happy. And I'm just so. And what it is, is it's a person that is a distraction. And the reason, the only reason you're entertaining it is because your recreation was on fumes versus full. Does this make sense? So if my recreational part of me, if I had that full already. My physical self, I'm working on it, or it's full already. My intellectual self, I'm working on it. My emotional self. So now when somebody comes and tries to offer you something because you have wholeness in your whole self, there are certain things you won't even fall for. Because I like me. Got quiet. I like me. I like what I see in the mirror. I'm taking care of my temple. I, I'm striving to have fun with me. So I don't feel like I'm delivered from my prison when I only have fun with you. Yeah. Let's get out of here, y'all. Can I get somebody to say, now you're speaking my language. So I just want us to understand this, and we're done. I want us to understand this. This is the longest phase. The potter's wheel. It's the longest phase. It's the messiest phase. And it's a phase that you can't post. Okay? You, you can't post this phase. And it's actually a good thing. Because the potter molds in the dark. Please hear me. He molds in the secret places. Okay? You can't post this. This is why so many people abandon it because it's not post-worthy. I actually, I'm molding you in secret. I don't want them to know about that lust issue. I don't want them to know about what you're still dealing with at night. I don't want them to know about all the stuff that I'm trying to mold out of you. You have a lot of Jacob, and I'm trying to mold the Jacob out because when you go on the gram and when you go on YouTube, they're going to judge you by your Jacob. They're not going to see your Israel. So I'm trying to deal with all this stuff right now. And the way you give me golf claps, I have to probably push it a little more. There's some stuff that don't nobody know about but you and God. And thank God he puts you in a season where I'm going to deal with your attitude. I'm going to deal with your mind. I'm going to deal with your lust. I'm going to deal with your petty. I'm going to deal with your pride. I'm going to deal with your entitlement. You always think you deserve something. All you deserve is hell and death. I'm going to deal with all of that. Nobody's going to know about it except the people I send in your life to hold you accountable. But before you get to the pot, I'm trying to deal with all the stuff that you can't post about. Because we like to have selective testimonies. God done brought me off the strip club. God done brought me off the street. I no longer get high. But there's some stuff you left out. <laughs> there's some stuff you left out. So it says, I don't mind the mess. I don't mind the dirt. 
because I want to get you to the pot. And listen, church, some people never get here. Never get here. What's worse is some people never get beyond the dirt. But we fight so much here. We resist so much here. And it's not punishment. God wants to get you here. I can pour you out here. I can give you blessings here. Stuff can now grow when you're here. This is what you post, but it took time to get here. It's a process to get here. And I want us to see this. You could be complaining, God, when? And God's like, look, I know you think because you know so much words you hear. But you're still there. But it's not punishment. It's development. So why, why did we do this whole discernment series? Point number one, because God wants us to where we're in potter's hands, where we could be in potter's hands, not demonic scams. Potter's hands from demonic scams. A lot of us, we couldn't tell that it was a devil. So I want to train you and put you in the potter's hands where I can mold stuff out and you can stop falling for demonic scams. Somebody say, now you're speaking my language. Point number two, this series was to get us to trust the gap. There's always a gap before the manifestation of the promise. And the reason the God gap exists is twofold. Number one, if you trust me, the weeds will expose themselves. Keep listening. Keep letting, her, keep letting her talk. Keep letting him talk. Keep your legs closed. The weeds will expose themselves. Keep coming. Listen to the series. The weeds will expose themselves. And number two, the gap is to transition you from soil to clay to the potter process to the pot phase. Trust the gap. Can I get somebody to say trust the gap? Yeah. Number three, the reason we did this series is because the Holy Spirit wants us to stop recycling seasons. Stop recycling seasons. I'm recycling seasons because I do not have discernment. And I keep on choosing bait and labeling it bait. I keep on choosing dollar signs, and it's really traps. I need you to be able to stop recycling seasons because here's a basic revelation for you. I have time. You don't. God's not on the clock. I have time. You don't. Point number four, the reason we did this discernment series is because God wants to show us who's behind the weeds. It's not your mama. It's not your ex. The enemy's behind this. And when you could discern the spirit behind it, you're less likely to get offended. Because I know I'm not wrestling with flesh and blood. Last point, number five, is because he wants us to become the vessel. Become the vessel. That's it. That's all God wants. That's all he wants. I'm not punishing you. I'm not withholding you. I'm not keeping you. I want you to become the vessel. Just submit to the process. So, Father, on tonight, we thank you. We thank you for the word that went forth. We thank you, God, for not being afraid of dirt. Thank you, God, for taking on our mess. 
taking on our filth and washing us. And God, right now, what I specifically feel the need to pray for is patience. Would you give us the patience to trust your pace, to trust your timing, and to trust that every turn you take is for our best interest. We love you so much, God, and we pray that you amplify our discernment. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Blessed on the night. What an awesome message. I mean, whether you have tuned in every single sermon or whether you've just caught a few or this is your only one, this discernment series has truly been phenomenal. And I pray that you truly have gotten discernment, like you've been taught, that you've been enriched, that you've been enlightened, and that you have the wisdom and the knowledge to know the difference, to discern between what is of God? What is you? What is the enemy? What is the world? Who is speaking to you? And I pray that you, that you will understand how to discern and that you can speak the language of the kingdom. I pray that you are blessed. I truly, truly do. And like I said, if this is your first time tuning in, thank you for tuning in. And if you're saying, I want to be a part of this ministry, I, I need to join this ministry and what they're doing, we would love to have you. If you want to join together and co-labor for, for the kingdom to advance the kingdom of God on this earth, please text the word membership to this number below. We would love, love to have you and love to serve you. And let's say you're not a part of any church and you're not even a part of the body of Christ. And this is maybe one of the first sermons that you've heard about Christ, or maybe you've been listening for some time, but you've been struggling with the decision. Listen, the best decision that you will ever make is giving your life completely to Christ, serving him with your whole heart so he can lead you and guide you to your purpose. If you want to give your life to the Lord, the best decision ever, text the word fresh start to the number below. It's the best decision that you'll ever make, I promise. And those of you who have given week after week after week, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for sowing your seeds. They are truly making a difference in what we're doing. We love you so much. We love God. We love people. And we just want to continue to do what he's called us to do. Thank you so much. We love you. Until Sunday, new series starting. Have a wonderful night.